Hello, I'm Suzanne Jones from the Jones Collective and again we're here with Mark Polisco for our weekly Polisco's property platform. Now Mark, a great weekend I'm hearing coming up at Mount Buller in the snow with uh, over 28 centimetres falling. I don't know what that means, but it sounds impressive. I hear that the, I hear the season's really, I hear it's really, really well, really good at the moment. So not a skier. <laughs> no, been once. Stayed inside, drank yeah. a lot of coffee, watched outside, yeah. went home. Me too, but I was at the bar. <laughs> it was warmer there. But one person and one family that does like skiing is the Grollo family. So what are they up to? Oh, Reno Grollo. Well, he's yeah. They own. They own a. Uh, the Grollo family owns a big portfolio of, of alpine assets, and uh, at the moment they're building. Um, they're rebuilding the old Carrara Hotel site in Mount Buller um, into two complexes. One's an apartment complex with high end apartments, and one is a hotel. And they've actually sold one of the apartments. I just found out for five point three million, which is the record price for an alpine uh, apartment in Australia. So the record before that was eight hundred thousand less, and that was set by Andrew Norbury. So um, that that's the apartment. Comp- Component, but they've actually just listed the hotel component for sale now. So there's a 24-suite um, hotel being re- being built at the moment. They expect that that will be com- – um, John Castron, who's a marketing agent, he told me that as soon as this ski season's finished, the train will go back up and they'll finish off the construction of that hotel. Um, but it's been marketed for sale now, so they're expecting about $7 million or more for that one there. Well, now I am hearing that there's a lot more international interest in the Alpine areas. Apparently so, yeah. So a lot of, a, a lot of Asian interest I hear now. Which is um, which is similar to what I've heard also in the Port C Sorrento market. So they often say that Port C and uh, and then the in the Mount Buller are sort of sister markets. Oh, really? I've heard. Yeah, I have heard that before. So I think that that's happening now. I noticed that over summer, I had a lot of agents telling me that there's been a lot more offshore interest in prestige properties by the bay, and uh, now that's happening up in Alpine markets too. So it wouldn't surprise me if this goes to an offshore buyer. Now, from the Grollo family to the Zagami family, something's happening in Abbotsford there. Yeah, well, the Zagami family. Well, yeah, they, they um, there's two famous families actually that least. Uh, leasing campaigns for Abbotsford buildings. One is the Zagami family. They bought the Australian Education Union Victorian Division's headquarters in uh, 112 Trenary Crescent, backs onto the Yarra, onto the um, Yarra River, and um, they bought that about. I uh, bought that last year, and there was speculation that they were probably going to turn it into a boutique hotel. But they've actually in the middle of a really swank reno- uh, office renovation, and they've just started putting that. On, they've just started leasing that out now. I think that's due in about September, and then also in Abbotsford. Uh, the United Petroleum family, Eddie Hirsch, is um, one of the co-owners of a building that is under construction or about to start construction there. So there's going to be a lot of options for people who are looking at taking up office space uh, in Abbotsford. And the Zagami family coincidentally owned the um, owned a, a Caulfield East office, which Stella moved into and vacated. Oh. And uh, I was got trying out to rather quickly, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, they got out rather. Yeah, exactly. I was trying to find out whether they've, they've been paying rent on there, but I, I haven't. I haven't found that out there. But they they abandoned that. So that's um, the Collier's advertisement for that is just like available for rent immediately. So I reckon that. Uh, they, they would have signed a long lease and it sounds like they might have abandoned it. It's amazing, though, the way the revitalisation of Abbotsford has happened over, like, the past 10 years. Yeah, well, I, I lived there, actually, 10 years ago. And um, I remember at the time, I used to have to jump in my car to go and get a coffee in Collingwood. There was just nowhere you could get a coffee in Abbotsford. I lived right near Victoria Street. And uh, now when I go and visit where I used to go and live, there's a lot more options. Plethora of choice. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of agents try to tell me that it's, go, you know, as you'd expect, that's going to be the next Cremorne. It, it, it has everything that Cremorne's got. Like, you've got access to... Q and Hawthorne, so you've got access to that kind of uh, that, 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 
that, that kind of um, market, but um, it, it's it's not quite there yet. But it, it's convenient spot. I have to say that much. I think it's I the there. Victoria Street yeah. that is different because uh, you've got Swan Street, which is a little more settled than Victoria Street. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. even yeah, that's right. Now Victoria Street isn't the best. I, I like Victoria Street. I thought the food was great, but um, but it isn't it isn't a great atmosphere there at all. And it's a pity it's so close to the city. Mm. But um, you know, who knows? In twenty years, we might look back on that and we might look back on this comment and laugh. Now, one of my favourites because when the um, name is mentioned, uh, I remember many a Saturday afternoon just strolling through the aisles with the kids. Toys R Us. Toys R Us. Yeah. Well, they're coming back to Australia now. So um, they 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 quit about a year ago. Um, they went into administration. They closed. I think it was forty four stores in Australia, and they um, fired seven hundred people. It's since been bought by a United States brand who's bringing it back. And it was reported about a month ago that they're doing a deal with. Um, a retailer called Hobby Warehouse to take up some of their space. But on the weekend, um, Inside Retail, which is a really good really good magazine for, for property news for retail, they reported that um, – and they interviewed the people and they said that um, they're now considering opening up some stores on the East Coast. But what they're doing this time – and they actually isolated – Big W was an example of what not to do, but what they're doing this time is actually focusing more on their logistics. So they'll be a very online-based company. Um, they're very reluctant to get into a whole lot of long office leases because they realise that it's very expensive. So they're going to be focusing on their warehousing, and I think that's the way that a lot of retailers need to go is focus on their distribution and their warehousing rather than trying to lease expensive office, or, or expensive retail space in shopping centres. So yeah, they'll be they'll be back, and they're opening up in New Zealand for the first time as well. Well. So, to yeah. infinity and beyond, yeah, I, as Buzz Light, you would oh, yeah. say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, St George's Road in Turak, sixteen St George's Road. Now, this has an interesting story to it. It does, it does, and I get, I picked it back when it happened. So, uh, five, it was, so it was, a, it was a an a mansion on there called uh, Idlewide, and it was sold by Peter Devitt, the LU Simon director. Um, and he, uh, he sold it to um, oh, Kylie Bauer, her name is, and they demolished. They got a permit to demolish it from council a couple of years later. They demolished it straight away and the intention was or what, what was said at the time was that they intended to put one property on there but we all knew I, I knew that it would be an apartment development site and so now it's been vacant so it's been a block of land now for a couple of years and now it hit the market again off off off, off market but we, it was we reported that it was back on the market now and um, that will be on the radar of apartment developers and townhouse developers so it's, it's actually a it's actually a sad example of a property being worth more by knocking down the mansion on there because it's a lot more flexibility now to be able to put you know 12 townhouses on there or something so they bought they bought that for eighteen point six million. They're expecting to sell it for about forty to forty six million. Uh, it's a pretty big block, so yeah. So what goes around comes around, and uh, we could actually go from Turak to Dandenong. Turak to yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, uh, so uh, development Victoria they're called now. They change that, their name every year. It used to be Places Victoria. It used to yeah. be Vic Urban. I, um, I worked with Vic Urban, and I actually worked on revitalising oh, Central Dandenong way ah, back when. Yeah, well, so did I actually. Yeah. I was with um, DTZ at the time, which is now now Cushman and Wakefield, and we did some consultancy work for them uh, back at the start of the back about 15, 16 years ago, and. Um, and yeah, Dandenong was it was a bit of a disaster at the time. So what they've, a bit. yeah, I, I liked it. It had a good atmosphere, but the properties were just run down, and then the property owners couldn't really. They weren't going to revitalise them because there was no money in it. Mm. It was all made sense. Um, so now what's happened, or since then, is that the council has acquired a whole lot of sites to amalgamate them and make them into larger sites. Um, they're basically. Improved the area from the Dandenong train station through to the Dandenong Plaza, which is about a kilometre away. So there's four big sites. Um, or five big sites now, 
that they're putting on the market for a joint venture partner. So they're seeking um, people to build large-scale apartment buildings, office buildings, student accommodation, um, community space as well. So uh, they've, they've listed that through um, Colliers International. So I think that they're expecting that they'll announce who that who, who will who they'll join JV with um, in 2020, which is next year, and then they'll probably start building by about 2023. So Dandenong will look very different in, in a couple of years. Well, it time certainly has, though, because from where it was when you would have first done that research on it, yeah. um, there's been a lot of work, a lot of infrastructure, uh, yeah. a lot of stuff done. Yeah, and a lot of – and the values have actually gone up now down mm. there too. Which So it, it, it's done everything that they were hoping it would do 20 years ago, but it has been a, a slow process. But I guess it was – yeah. Now, in Dandenong, I remember there's this just, you know, the Dandenong Plaza, it's just this big block with, you know, you can't have any windows that look out, but uh, <laughs> not so with some shopping centre sales. They're uh, big news at the moment. Yeah, they are. There's been a couple this week, this, this week actually. So, one in Geelong, um, Australian Unity sold half share of the Geelong, of the Warren Pond shopping centre to the other half owner, which is ISPT. We call it a shopping centre sale. It's, it's, it's a 25 hectare block, but there was 7.6 hectares that's available for residential development. So I kind of was looking at it going, well, it's kind of also a residential development site sale. So um, the price is unknown at the moment. That's about between 140 million and 150 million for that half share. So ISPT now owns that whole or will soon own that whole complex. Coincidentally, ISPT has just built an office building in Spring Street that's occupied by Australian Unity, so they've got that relationship going. But, um, yeah, Australian Unity doesn't own that shopping centre anymore. And another shopping centre sale happened. We got this one exclusively. Um, Newmark Capital, which owns a jam factory, has bought the Taronga Plaza shopping centre, which is right at the border of Glen Iris and, and East Hawthorne. Um, it's got a good Coles supermarket in there, I think. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I think it's a really yeah. strong-performing one mm. and, and a massive car park, and it's got really valuable airspace. So I think that uh, down the track they'll probably put more more apartments on there. and yeah. Watch that space. Yeah, 63 to 64 million is the price I'm hearing for that one. So Ooh. Stockland's selling a whole lot of retail assets and that was one of the first. Now, tell us about what you, we were talking about before, Hannah, um, before we came on air, a deal to sell outdoor advertising. Yeah, yeah, that's right. There's a French company, JC, I don't know the pronunciation, JC Dissot, <laughs> and um, they've done a deal with um, S Centre, who owns a whole lot of Westfield shopping centres. And um, they're actually going to be now putting uh, advertising outside of the shopping centres. And, and it's a good way for shopping centre owners because retail's, uh, they're rents haven't really in some shopping centres the rents haven't really gone up and that affects capital values so this is another revenue stream for people who own shopping centres to actually now start selling these horrible you know these big concrete walls that do nothing you might as well start doing something with and um, so yeah that, that, that's interesting I think we'll probably start seeing a bit more of that now we've become a little bit more like America where you can't walk out and not, and not see a hundred ads but you know. I was just thinking Times Square I was just thinking New York you know and it was just like yeah yeah, it was like, yeah it's everywhere so I don't it's know part if you, of art public art is that what they call it okay <laughs> yeah but so yeah so we will start seeing that and that does make sense. Like when I read the story, I was like, yeah, actually it does make sense. They might as well make money off some of the, off some of the walls. <laughs> and out and about, uh, what's this about Lonely Planet? Uh, well, the building, the building that uh, in Footscray on the Maribyrnong River that Lonely Planet had at its headquarters for 16 years until 2016. It's a beautiful old, um, old wool store. Um, and Lonely Planet moved out in 2016 and it was bought by the Lieberman family-backed Impact Investment Group and they did a bit of a refurb and then um, a private investor called Chris, um, Chris Locke has 
um, acquired that when he separated from IIG, and now he's sold that. So IIG paid, I think it was, I think it was thirteen and a half million dollars for it about five years ago, and it's just been sold for thirty three million dollars. So he's made a bit of a return on that. Not bad, yeah, it isn't bad. It's a good, it's a beautiful building. Footscray reminds me a little bit of Dandenong in terms of a work in progress. It's a bit hard to be inspired when you go down there, but I mean, when you visit the Lonely Planet office, it's right on the banks of the river. It's actually pretty nice. But they do have the best donut van in Melbourne. Yes, they yes. do. He died last year. The, oh, did he? Um, yeah. Oh, we'll have to edit that if it's not right. But I'm pretty <laughs> sure he died last year, the caravan van. Yeah, that's right. But they do have the best. I know people used yeah. to go. Well, I used to live in Yarraville and um, sometimes I just get the train up just to get the, car- just to get the donuts. I think a lot back. of people did. <laughs> now, Mark, there's an interesting story in today's Herald Sun and uh, it it's sort of a broad brush story um, because it could be taken either way, but it does bring up a few questions. Living in fear. So oh, what yeah. it is, is the residents who have bought into an apartment block have been sold the dream that it's a luxury apartment and there's owner-occupiers and also there's investors and what's happened is apparently it's gone on and it's how do you control the tenants in a building, and apparently these residents are living in fear. Yeah, well, it's virtually... Whose responsibility is it? Oh, you'll see a whole lot of hand-passing going exactly. on in that, in that case. But um, th- 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 that's unfortunately one of the things that you, you will notice. It can't be controlled. I I've, I've did read that article, and it kind of reminded me of, of the Airbnb drama where people buy into apartment complexes and then realise that 20 of the apartments are rented out for Airbnb. And from what I understand, you know, body corporates pass it to council, council passes it to someone else, people start with the police, they, they pass it to someone else, so nothing really gets done. My understanding is that if a body corporate wants to inspect the property um so if they, they need to actually give like two weeks warning to the occupier which means that whoever is occupying like i've heard of cases and we've reported it before where there's like 12 or 15 people living in a two-bedroom apartment you can't just knock on their door and go and inspect it you have to send them a letter to say well we're going to go and inspect it in two weeks so of course they go and move all their stuff out i don't know how you do it it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a bit of a horrible story to me on in that case from the herald sun to, to me it looks like dhs's responsibility mm, they're, because they're, they're the tenants that um yeah that, they've that signed headlines i imagine and and they've sublet mm. them to other people and they're the ones that are dealing with the complaints in there. But, um, you know. And then the developer perhaps cops it because, uh, you know, they were the ones that built the dep- apartments but their responsibility really finishes when they hand it over to the buyers. Yeah, it's not their fault whatsoever. No. They, they have no idea. They're, they're actually probably disappointed that this is the outcome of it as well. So, no, it's definitely not their fault. Um, I think it does lie fairly with DHS. Great. My, my personal view. Fabulous talking to you again, Mark. Until you next too. week. Thank you very much. 